Welcome to This Our Johnny Domino, a podcast and lifestyle brand brought to you from the sunny East Midlands. I'm Giles, and this is Stephen, my brother. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for listening again. If you've not heard us before, basically the premise uh, whoa, of the podcast whoa, is... Whoa, 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 whoa there. What's going on? I've been running the podcast audio through a transcription service called Music Smash. Okay. And since I've done that, it's created a summary of the podcast. So according to AI, yeah. the summary of the podcast is... The podcast features two brothers, Giles and Stephen, and dispelled Stephen with a V, not a PH, which kind of wound me up a little bit. Okay. Giles and Stephen discussing three songs they recorded in the 90s. Um, podcast provides insight into the creative process of two musicians and the evolution of their sound. The podcast is a laid-back and philosophical conversation about music and creativity. It is important. That the, 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 this is not my words. This yeah. is the words of AI. The yeah. podcast is important for those interested in the creative process of musicians and the evolution of their sound over time. What is the theme of many of the host songs? This is, this is from a section called Learnings. So it's, it's an educational podcast. The theme is preemptive dismissal, which reflects their insecurity <laughs> about talking to women in bars and their perception of themselves as losers in the music industry. Again, not my words. And then wow. it goes... What is the key to creativity according to the podcast? The key to creativity is working within limitations and trying to make something work within those boundaries. Wow. I would listen to that. It sounds like a good podcast. I'm a bit scared though. Cause mm -hmm. like I couldn't have written that. Nope. No. No. And that's, that's a very accurate summary. I, I like it a lot. I think yeah. it's great. And are we that far away from the AI actually being able to just make the podcast? I don't know. I don't know. Let's not think about it. They could probably just take all the bits that we've done so far and kind of mush them up and turn it into new podcasts. They'll make they'll make up other songs that are basically the same sort of stuff that we would do. No, no, I'm not a fan of that. That's I don't, but I'm, and you may not be a fan of it, Stephen, but it could happen. I'm just saying, right? Well, shall we make hay while the sun shines and do it yeah. from, our, from on our own steam? Let's do it now. What we need, what we're going to do, we're going to make a podcast where it's quite clear that an AI had nothing to do with it because it's it's not going to be very good, very slick, right? No. Okay, let's go for it. Right, track one is a song called "Funny," and this is a song from the very first batch of recordings that Johnny Domino recorded which was in the summer of 1993, 30 years ago, 30, Oof. 30 years ago. And this was a period, as we've mentioned before, when we had borrowed somebody's four-track recorder to record a single for some friends of ours in a band called Peru. And we kept the recorder at our house and we kept a lot of their musical equipment at our house. And we decided to record a bunch of songs within the month that we had the four-track. And this is one of yeah. them. Yes. And I'm just going to mention, there is a bit of talking at the start of this one, uh, which I think is 
again symbolic of our working relationship i don't like it i don't like this bit of this audio because i know exactly what face i'm pulling at you and it doesn't make me feel very good about myself yeah good you deal with that okay shall we just go straight into it (laughs) yeah i mean this is a song that was originally written by a previous band of ours which was called the millers we'll we'll get into that in a bit let's just let's let's listen to a bit of let's listen to a bit of this okay I know, because I couldn't hear the music. You're looking at me like I'm a moron. to the microphone that was horrible i know but that was that was some seriously i am really deranged vocal style you're trying to find your voice we've mentioned this before um and we're doing the classic we've got a four track let's dirty up the vocals by sticking through a distortion pedal yeah so that's what we're doing and everything else i think is going directly into the four track so we've got a drum machine on there uh the alessis hr16 the studio drum machine of choice from those days the bass is going straight in and the guitar's going straight in. So everything's mega overloaded and distorted. It's yeah. pretty lo-fi. That drum machine is working pretty hard on this track. Possibly working a bit too hard, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's some speedy bass going on there as well, Steve. Yeah, and I, I only realised earlier today that I can't actually play the bass that fast. What I'd done is I'd slowed the tape down so that here's a bit of music theory. The song is actually in F-sharp major, and I basically slowed the tape down so it was in E, and if you play the bass, you'll know that the bottom string on the bass is an E. So I'm using that so I can go all over the place. There you go. It's not yeah. that technical, really, uh, and not as fancy as it first appears. And after the bit at the start, where which we're not going to mention that you, you feel bad about, yeah, there is another voice. There is a whoa, 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 yeah, yeah. Mm, that is our friend and frequent driver in those days, Rich. At this point, you've probably known as Dickie Rock more than anything. He was... Or Dick, just Dick. Or, or Dick, yeah. But not if you rang his house up and his mum or dad answered, then it was Rich. Can I speak to Richard, please? Yeah. I was just about to say his phone number because I can still remember the phone number of the farm, but that would be yeah, a terrible idea. Terrible. Um, he was the vocalist for a lot of our 
Friday night joke bands. He was pretty good at making up. I say he was pretty good at making up lyrics. It was he would it was pretty good at making up lyrics as long as you wanted everything to rhyme with blue, you, do, and poo. Yeah, and he also had a you know it was it was all pretty filthy, wasn't it? It was pretty filthy. I don't think we're going to be sharing any of it on this podcast. Mm. But he did have. It's almost like a tick. Every song started with a whoa, 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 yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we would stick it in the middle of a song as well. Yeah, I think maybe I've, we've not revisited um, those songs. No. By, uh, well, I'm going to say the name of the band. Okay. Yeah. Twats Garden. It's a great name for a band. The thing I remember most about it is we used to make videos when our parents used to go out, we'd get everybody around and we'd either write some songs or we'd make a video. And it would be like a a Friday night youth TV program featuring Twats Garden. Mm. And I remember one time our parents came back and said, oh, let's see what you've been doing. And we kind of had a bit of a conflab and went, oh, I think we can let them watch this because there's not that much swearing in it. And when we started playing it, we went, oh, what's the band called? We'd forgotten what the band was called. Yeah. Yeah. So we're probably not probably not going to share that many Twats Garden songs. I think for because I think it may it may damage Rich's career possibly. It might damage everyone's career. I think mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that we were doing that stuff before social media and before YouTube because we would be so cancelled. And at the moment, you know, people who've heard it have heard it because we played it to them directly. Yeah. In a very controlled sense, and I think that's about as far as it's going to go. So I hadn't thought about that, but oh my god, what a relief that we had no way of getting that stuff out. Because if we could have just, we would have just put that on like Instagram Live yeah. or something. Jesus, completely unemployable for the rest of. I mean, more unemployable than we ended up doing our fine art degrees and stuff. But my god. <sighs> Anyway, let's listen to a bit more of Funny. I think it's got some good sort of sample. Well, they're not samples, are they? But there's some good tapes. In, Lots in, of tapes, in yes. That we, that we can talk about. There's some interesting bits and bobs from various places. Maybe we'll have a chat about that after the song, right? I've just remembered what that explosion was. What was the explosion? It was like an easy chair in that room and it had springs on it. And I just shoved the mic under it and then twanged the, the springs. Oh, wow. That's, That's cool. all it was.
strong ending. It overstays its welcome slightly, doesn't it, that track? It's, it's only three and a half minutes long, but my God, it it leaves the audience wanting less. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's some good there's some good um, field recording stuff going on. You were saying that um, there's recordings of earlier gigs in there. Yeah, there's a, a recording. Well, right, okay. We were in a band called Space Rat. Terrible name for a band, but we were kind of good the, band though. Great band, and we were the the band that certainly it was in my last year of school, and you were at college, and it was the last year of Brian our drummer his last year he was at school as well so the audience was made up of people who should not have been in pubs and it was the back room of a pub so we were the basically the soundtrack for a load of underage kids getting pissed and getting off with each other and there's a recording of that gig at the the alex club in san diego it's no longer there don't go looking for it and that recording well there's parts of that in that song, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a girl saying sort of like something. I don't. Know, I don't, don't bring that up, will you? Something like that. Proper right. Nottingham accent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this kind of stuff in there that's interesting. And then Paul Newton, good friend of mine, was operating the tape machine, and uh, he turned it onto Radio Two when we had a bit of a gap because Brian's uh, Brian's hand exploded. It was Radio Four. And Brian was a brilliant drummer, but he did have a habit, not a habit. He had a a frequent affliction where his finger would explode because he drummed so hard. And that was another occasion when it happened in mid-gig. And rather than stop the tape, your friend Paul just switched on the radio and recorded that. Um, So we've got some radio recording there on on the uh, track too. What about the classical music? Classical music? Well, that is because I had, when I did... A-level music theory, I made a tape of all the extracts that we were learning about. And it includes a bit of Walton's Belshazzar's Feast, mm-hmm. uh, an introduction that says, now an extract from Stockhausen's Contrapunkter, but it goes into an instrumental version of Eleanor Rigby, which mm-hmm. is a horrible version because it's got the string quartet backing, but the vocal line is played on a sitar. It's just mm. really peculiar. Mm. And then it ends on a very strident bit of Symphony Number no. 5 by Tchaikovsky. Yeah, which is a good ending. It's a good ending. So it's it's funny. That's the mm. track, funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's got ludicrous bass playing yeah. and samples. And that's it, really. That's really it. That's, that's about it. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's got a bit of Sonic Youth in there as well. Bit of Sonic Youth, which we recorded from the South Bank show because we had a tape of loads of things off the telly that were music related, which had the Sonic Youth South Bank show special, loads of bits from Snub TV. We were used to sit there every, was it Tuesday night it was on? Whenever it was on, we would sit there with the video recorder paused and we would just take it off if it was something good coming on. And we ended up with various great underground music nuggets the tape has snapped now so it doesn't work anymore and no one's got a video recorder anyway and it's all on youtube the the whole sonic youth south bank show thing Mm. that was like that really got in my head that did that was i remember at the time that really it was an important thing for me to watch because i i don't know i it just really 
I really like the way they were as a band. And they had that kind of, it was very kind of of the time. It had that, they, they were very kind of ironic 90s kind of people, weren't they? Yeah. And the way that Thurston Moore kind of is drippingly sarcastic all the yeah. time. And obviously, being an impressionable young man, I, I, that was like, I thought that was the way to be. It was a pivotal document. It was a pivotal documentary. It was, yeah. yeah. But there is that bit where they're interviewing John Cale. And the question that Kim Gordon asks is, it's like that Beach Boys thing, kind of. And that's the question. <laughs> that is like skin-crawling bit of interviewing. And John Cale is, you know, he's leaning forward because, he, he, you know, he wants to give them some information. I don't know yeah. if they were just freaked out to be talking to a member of the Velvet Underground or what, but... So that was her question. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it'll be on YouTube. What was that, was that an answer? What was that a question? No, that was the question. <laughs> that was her question. It's like that Beach Boys thing, kind of. Okay, good question. I think her question was more about the difference between East Coast and West Coast bands. Oh, because okay. obviously West Coast bands are a bit more chilled out and Velvet Underground were not very chilled out. Yeah, that was the way it came out. It's how people used to speak. That's mm. the, that's the point I'm making. The yeah. way that the, the way they acted and the way they mucked around and the way they spoke on that documentary, I was like, "That's how I want to be." That's how to be in a band. Yeah. That's how to be in a band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, I'm I'm sure it's on YouTube, and if I can find it, I'll stick it in the show notes. Mm. So the next song we're going to talk about is a song from a bit later in our home recording in inverted commas career and it's a song called drunken master Just 
check out my style of the drunken fist I'm not an addict I just choose to take a little bit more It's honey, I smoke the kids We don't need no blunts for fun You call it progress, but now you're the lonely one I knew a girl once and she could fight and she Call it art, but you don't know shit. I tell you the truth when I know what it is. Watch out, I unleash my lyrical assault. The turn hides in his shell, hides in his shell. Loses the race, gets busted for coke while he's out of his face. Starts a new life when he loses his wife. Selects color scheme, has erotic dreams, alright. So that was Drunken Master mm. by Johnny Domino. Drunken Master is a 1978 film uh, starring Jackie Chan. And if you're not really into Kung Fu movies, you've not seen many of them, I would say that would probably be a good one to start off with because mm. it's kind of comedy Kung Fu movie. Uh, and I saw it and I was quite taken with this film. And it's about a guy who learns... Is is well. He's he's kind of outcast from his family, so it's a classic story of the outcast uh, who who kind of finds the right way in the end. And he he eventually he in his in his trials and tribulations, he finds a teacher who is a drunk uh, who teaches him a fighting style based on drunken moves, the drunken gods, basically. And uh, the drunken fighting style—it's kind of amazing to watch. Mm. He kind of like he kind of flows around and like stumbles, but then you know does these kicks or whatever or punches, and it's uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing to see. And in the end, you know, he, he he comes good at the end of the film. But yeah, watch watch it, drunken master, really good. And it and it the whole idea of like a drunken fighting style, I kind of like that idea. And mm. like the and, and he's like he's the the sort of the fact he's so relaxed mm. when he's fighting. You know what I mean? That kind of state of flow where you're like completely relaxed and sort of your body's flowing or your mind is flowing, mm. and nothing can stop you, nothing can get you. And the guy he's up against is like super uptight, you know, and has this like really fast, tight uh, kicking style, and he just you know manages to beat him by doing all these kind of drunken moves. So nice. yeah, that's that's what that's what it's about. That's, that's really cool. That's not what the song's about, but that's the kind of where it's from, right? Yeah, and yeah, the song lyrically, well, there are loads of. If you watch the film, you will find there are lots of lines from the film mm-hmm. in the song. <laughs> I, 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 really, remember, I can't remember which ones are. Myself. I really hope. I really hope that the line you call it art, but you don't know shit. No, I, I don't really think that would. Oh, that would have been so good if that was in the film. <laughs> I don't think it is. No, I think that's just me. Um, oh, that's just a lie that came in my head when I was it's having a conversation with someone in a pub, probably. Neither was Honey, I Smoked the Kids. That was not from the film either. No. But yeah, there's, there, are, there are definitely lines in there. And I was also thinking about, do, I was thinking about, obviously, Wu-Tang Clan, 
kind of they did loads of stuff about that was kind of kung fu film influenced i right. was we, we both quite liked a lot of hip-hop we were never going to do a hip-hop song but i wanted to write lyrics that were kind of like I don't know. They were like battle, battle type lyrics, I suppose, but doing yeah. it in a pretty acoustic song. Yes, which is quite nice, and it's got a very, very pretty guitar solo in that song. That I really like. That is a guitar part, not necessarily the solo, but the chords. I still really like playing it. It's just, I don't know. It just, it's very, it's very pleasing to play. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's really pretty. It's really pretty. Listening to it then, I was not a huge i was kind of thinking oh that guitar solo in the middle is a bit with the bendy note is a bit no oh. it's nice it's nice it needs it it needs it i don't think there's anything wrong with the bendy note mm. um and it's got more predictions of the future i know it's last there's a theme for the okay. ai to pick up on more predictions of the future at the end i can't remember the lines now but there's some about losers a wife and those erotic dreams Okay, which, you know, which how did I know? <laughs> how did you know? How did I know? I never got busted for coke though. There you uh, go. Well, well, I should hope not. I do this show, loses the race, gets busted for coke, grows out of his face, starts in a new life when he loses his wife. So, oh, something select like color scheme that is basically my life now. Yep, you're a decorator and has erotic dreams. No, that's not changed. So, there you go. Another abiding image from the inner life of Giles Woodward. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. It's another song that we did try and re-record when we were a full band. And that version is, well, it's just me on the guitar. I think I might even be doing it on an electric guitar mm. and then with some keyboards on top, but it, the keyboards are just playing the chords. Yeah. Might have to have a listen to that. Mm, it, again, it, it doesn't add anything to it. <laughs> So you think this style is very bad And maybe we should try ballad Well, I'll tell you the truth, my friend I'd rather kill you We don't need no blunts for fun You call it progress, but now you're the lonely one I knew a girl once And she could fight and she looked mm, good too not, not, really, not really as good, is it, Steve? Well, I know it's not. I know it's not, but that's the point of including it here. Yeah. But yeah, that's Drunken Master. Great. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, uh, enjoyed hearing about the lyrics as well. That's all right. Watch the film. I'm sure we'll be able to find plenty of stuff on the tube for. Yeah. In fact, yeah. bear with me. This is a Veritain recording. How have we got the video? master oh yeah there's loads of it loads of films yeah loads of bits from yeah yeah the final fight freddie wong yeah, versus yeah. Thunderleg. yeah, wong yeah it's cool jackie chan. so jackie chan's character is called freddie wong freddie wong he defends his father and fights Thunderleg. yeah Thunderleg. Oh, i'm watching i wish i'd i wish i'd mentioned Thunderleg. because he's, oh, like, he's the uptight guy you know anyway so never mind Never mind. I wish I'd done a bit more research. I wish I'd done a bit more research. Hey, you did some good research anyway. <laughs> right. Okay. So, the last song. 
Right, the last song is called Talking Chocolate and Crisps. And the title is influenced by Stephen. Woody Guthrie. I was Why? 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 How? Well, how how? Well, he was always talking about chocolate and crisps. No, he, when he was riding the rails, he was, he was uh, to get <laughs> off to get his chocolate crisps. Oh, in the dust bowl. Oh, hey, buddy, can you <laughs> let me? At the 24-hour garage in the dust bowl. Exactly. It's a cover version. Um, when I was at university, I read uh, a Woody Guthrie biography called A Life by a guy called Joe Klein. I was very taken with it. And I was so taken with it that I read the section that said, Woody Guthrie's cigarettes of choice were camel cigarettes. So the first packet of cigarettes that I bought was a packet of camels. And it also, to sweeten the deal, they came with a free lighter. Oof. You would need that to sweeten the deal because they were rough cigarettes. They were rough, 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 rough cigarettes. But I, I chugged them back because that's what Woody did. Um but and he he did a lot of talking tracks. I don't think he was the first person. To <laughs> he do died. The he died tracks. relatively early as well, didn't he? <laughs> Just to make yeah, sure. but not to, <laughs> nothing to do with uh, the cigarettes, wasn't it? Was it? Oh. No, no, he had a neurological condition called Huntingdon's. Oh wow, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, and it, basically parts of his brain, if I remember rightly, parts of his brain kind of died early, and uh, so his brain had to kind of a phrase called neuroplasticity. Uh, where basically the brain finds a different route to make connections. And that is one of the theories about why he was so good with words because oh, his brain wow. had to go around the corners and, and round the back and all that kind of stuff. So, God. so yeah, that's how he died. Not because that's really interesting. That's really interesting. You know, all the time you were saying that, I was just thinking, well, fuck it. I might as well smoke camel cigarettes then because <laughs> you could die of something else. Well, you got to die of something. I don't think he had a particularly pleasant death, but um, I'll lend it to you. It's a great book. And, uh, yeah, he did a lot of songs. As I say, I don't think he was the first person to do it. He did a lot of songs called Talking Blues, so he was, like, talking, you know, Grand Coulee Dam or something like that. He would, mm-hmm. like, do it and, like, play the guitar in the background and talk over the top. And um, this is not what we do on this track. But it's a talky song, isn't it? It's, like, it's, it's a talky like, song. It's a, it's a narrative. Mm. I mean, ladies, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, just you've got to imagine yourself. You're in Leeds. It's 1990 or 1991. Everybody you know is really into this music that you're not that keen on, but you're going along with it. It's dance music. It's mm. rave music. You know, you go to these huge places. It's very dark. There's lots of lasers and flashing lights. You know, this this relentless music going on and on and on. People are just going completely insane. It looks like some sort of like end of the Roman Empire type scene. It's fucking mad. There are people getting Vicks and rubbing Vicks on each other's backs. You know, men half naked. People blowing whistles. People tooting horns. People just moving constantly, twitching motion constant. It was, it was insane. I can't even, you know, it's just a mad picture in my head. Anyway, so you're there with me. I'm not really into the music that much. I don't really like taking pills of unknown provenance that much <laughs> either. And I go out on a lot of these nights. 
because it's a social thing, you know. I didn't have that. That's what my friends were into, you know. So yeah. I kind of, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not going to say I was there, you know, 1990s. I was part of the rave culture. I kind of was, but I was there on the edge of it because of the mm. people who were really into it that I knew. And we used to go to this club called Orbit in Morley, which was absolutely insane. It was like a converted cinema or bingo hall type place that had turned into a club in like this little North Yorkshire town, middle of nowhere. And it was like being on a spaceship. You went in there on a Saturday night and it was literally like you went into orbit. People just going completely insane to this music. Anyway, so I came home from orbit. You know, we would stay up all night. People were just off the tits. And you'd want to go and get some, you know, we, there was no 24-hour garage near, even in the centre of Leeds, right? There was no 24-hour garage. So you had to wait until the corn shop opened at like, or six seven o'clock to get any crisps of chocolate so i would invariably be the, be the person who went out to get the crisps and chocolate because i was like the most compass person and this is me in this song in a woody guthrie style describing my journey on the railroad <laughs> to, the, to the corner shop <laughs> to the corner shop through the dust bowl Six or seven houses away. 
turned to walk back to the living room where everyone was waiting. Where everyone was waiting. Uh, what for their chocolate and crisps? Yeah, and yeah, and probably some milk to go with the cereal. Excellent. Very evocative. I particularly like this very cack handed edit when we bring the rave music in. It just like comes in and just just stops. <laughs> just stop. I, I'm glad it just stopped. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's good that it cut out. Yeah, so there you go. It, it, it was it was of the time. It, it was, was about the time. Um, Molly was Ringwald it? mentioned mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's the only line in it that really annoys me. Mm. Well, you just say, I'm not even going to mention Molly Ringwald. And then, uh, but, then I mentioned, uh, but then I mentioned Molly Ringwald. I won't oh. mention Molly Ringwald, but then by saying I won't mention Molly that's a very kind of... Meta. Yeah, I know. Very meta. I mean, we're going to have to mention Slint again. You know, that was something that was in our orbit and our friends' orbit, the whole thing about people talking over spooky songs. It's a bit like the track Don A Man. It's like a one guitar track and a guy talking over the top. And it's, I, I forgot how very, very low in the mix it was, which, again, is probably a bit of an overhang from Slint mm. and that kind of thing where people were writing these stories that were obviously important enough to put down onto tape, but you put them really low in the mix. It's almost like when people squint to read small text, Mm. it's almost like you're going to go deaf from trying to hear the very quiet narrative on on a bitch magnet track or something like that. And we were talking before we started recording about who played the keyboards. I think it's me. Because mm-hmm. it, it was a bit more complex than I thought. In my head, it was just those two notes on the Casio CZ3000 on vibraphone preset. A, ni- a nice Twin Peaksy sound. Oh, very Twin Peaksy. And that was, again, that was a, something else which was very much of the moment. Twin Peaks was huge. For, yeah. Certainly for me and my friends, when, when we were at college, we'd come into college in the morning, get on the bus, and like, did you watch that last night? And just talk about it, and and still talk about it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it was. It sort of blew your mind, didn't it? How how bonkers it was. Yeah. And the music was a big part of it, wasn't it? As well, don't you think? The music was so great. Yeah, that that vibraphone sound is very, very much a Twin Peaks kind of hangover. Yeah. So there you go. That's talking chocolate and crisps. Well, this is the point in the podcast where we try and decide which one of these three songs is worthy enough or if any of them are worthy enough to go on a purely theoretical best of compilation tape, the best of Johnny Domino. We were chatting beforehand. There's a a distinct lack of jeopardy about this episode because I think there's only really one song that we're going to put on a compilation tape. There's only one song, really. Yeah, because funny is, I, I quite enjoyed listening to it. Yeah. It's very of its time, and it's you know, it's a strange thing to do a very fast and dirty version of a song from an old band. It's almost like a kind of diss of the old band in some ways. And talking chocolate and crisps, I enjoyed it. 
but I think you talking about the rave culture was possibly more interesting than the song turned out to be. Uh, I, I really like Drunken Master. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, I think Funny has got some good – I like all the tapes and stuff in it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm listening to a lot of that. I mean, it's all the early stuff that I haven't really, really listened to that much, and that's part of that. And actually, when I listened to, the, listened to it, I, I did like it. I like the sort of lo-fi-ness of it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I think I'm getting back into lo-fi music, Steve, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and then, the yeah, the Talking Chocolate and Chris thing – Musically, I like it. I like the idea of those kind of songs. I like I quite like those kind of songs, those kind of talky songs. Yeah, it's like oh, we didn't mention Arab Strap, but there you go. Uh, I think yeah. this was before Arab Strap. This was before Arab Strap, though. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that we recorded it before Arab Strap. And then Drunken Master. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's got a really pretty guitar part, and I really love the the music, and I really love the lyrics because they're kind of the magpie type magpie type lyrics again where i'm kind of taking lyrics from different places uh, yeah. adding them a bit with some of my own ideas yeah. and i think that makes for a more interesting less literal song yeah so yeah it's good i would go with that one track one side one <laughs> track one side one there you go you're hitting them where it hurts straight in beautiful there is one thing that we didn't talk i'm with you i'm down with it but we did talk beforehand about one line from that song and we have no idea where it came from so that might be something if anybody listens to this podcast and has any idea where the line blunts for fun came from i've been searching for the phrase blunts for fun for so long i'm surprised the police haven't been round I have no yeah. idea where that. Uh, you know, you have no idea where it came from. I've got no I'm sh- idea. I'm sure it it's. I'm sure it is from a, a song, though. It's a quote. Yeah, I'm sure I was quoting a song, but yeah. I just can't find it. I thought it was Len. Like, remember the song Len by Len? My, was it something? My sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. But it's not that. That's what no. I thought it was. But it's not that. Then maybe I thought it was like fun-loving criminals, but it's not fun-loving criminals either. No. So it, it's a band like that, I think. But where the hell did it come from? No idea. So if anybody out there knows where it's from, maybe you wrote the song. Who knows? Please let us know. know. Because because it's driving us insane just trying to think of where the hell that bloody line came from. It is clearly, it's something like, we don't need no blunts for fun. It's, It's a magpie. It must be maybe a contemporary sort of pop song from the time. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I think that's the end of the episode for today. Very much enjoyed it. If you uh, enjoyed it, uh, please obviously subscribe if you haven't yet and pass on our podcast to other people who you think might like it because, you know, that's the way these things grow, right? Yeah, we do enjoy doing this, but it's even more enjoyable if we think people are listening. So, yes, please pass it on to anybody you think would be interested in these inane ramblings about songs that nobody's ever heard. Mm